This week we are continuing our study on Genesis chapter 9 and the covenant that God made with Noah. Last week we saw that uh, this is a covenant of grace, and one part of that uh, sort of had uh, things to say about our relationship with nature and ecology and stewardship of, of the earth, uh, creation care. The second part of the covenant talks about our relationship with each other. And this is where we get our first hint about government. So, um, and it really, it flows out of how we deal with bad people. Now, the book of Proverbs suggests that there's three types of people. There are wise people who follow God or who listen to other wise people and do the right thing. There are foolish people who do not follow God, do not listen to wise people, make bad mistakes. But they're they're not they're not setting out to be to make bad mistakes. The third category are evil people who sort of deliberately they're sort of they sort of understand what they ought to be doing, but they're doing the wrong thing on purpose and hoping to hurt other people. So uh, those that are evil set out to do bad things. Well, so it's not just the animals. Uh, that, that we're going to have to manage. It turns out we also have to manage the people who are, who are bad, who are wicked, and um, in particular, those who commit murder. So when Cain killed Abel, there was no provision for this. There was no, nothing in place. So now the question is, what do we put in place? And uh, many think about all this and focus all this in terms of our current political debates about capital punishment, uh, just war theory, things like that. I, I think it's actually this passage I'm going to read is speaking to a little bit more foundational aspects of the value of human life. So, um, verse 5, and, and for your lifeblood I will surely demand an accounting. Okay, so if somebody's death is, is committed, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from every animal and from each man too. I will demand an accounting for the life of his fellow man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For the, in the image of God has God made man. So point here, all human life has value and worth and dignity, uh, whether rich or poor, old or young, um, good or bad, smart or not smart. Everyone has value because we have been made in the image of God, and the image of God gives us an inherent dignity. Um, and consequently, everyone, the text suggests even animals, uh, who in the life of a human being are assaulting God. Because we image God, we reflect God, uh, because we're important to God, we have a value, a worth that that cannot be um, it's just not the same as it is with animals, and we are reflecting God in a way that not even a brilliant sunset or the mountains or the ocean or whatever is glorious and wonderful to look at can do. So this sets up um, a, a different approach to law than what is being practiced today. So I did not go to law school. I actually applied to law school. Uh, took the LSAT, but decided uh, not to go to law school. Had I gone when I was going to law school, what would have been in place was something called um, positivism. 
more recently, it's more been more critical theory has been a guiding force in law schools. But all of this sort of stands in contrast to natural law. And natural law, I'm not talking about the law of nature necessarily here. I'm talking about uh, natural law, sort of the law that God has written on our hearts, the law that, that flows out of who God is, God's character. So everything is emanating out of God. There's a sense in which learning who God is and in what God is like and what God loves is defining everything else. So positivism would be more of the kind of legal theory that says whatever the law establishes, even by a vote of 51 to 49, whatever the law establishes, that's what justice is. And I remember having this conversation with a fraternity brother uh, who was in law school while I was in seminary. And he's saying, look, justice is whatever we decide justice is. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't have language for this, but I'm just like, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I think justice is a very specific thing, and it and it grows out of, it extends out of the character of God. So, according to this, right, uh, according to this covenant that God makes with Noah, all people image God no matter what laws get passed, uh, all of which argues that those of us who want to honor God, uh, those of us who want to um, to live in light of what God is saying matters— we need to live differently. We need to be sure that people, all people, are treated with respect. We need to care for others. We need to care for the weak. We need to champion the rights of the oppressed. Many people do this. Many of you do this. Thank you. This is the right thing to do. Um, even when it's inconsistent with our view of life, however, there are people who do this. So there are people, and I'm. this is a good thing. It's, it's an inconsistent thing, but there are people that say, Human life has no inherent value. We're just the accidental exhaust of the random collision of space plus time plus chance. Uh, we have no inherent value or dignity or worth, but they, they don't generally treat people that way. Nietzsche said, if you go down this path long enough, right, if you say God is dead, then eventually all this Christian halo effect is going to go away and we're going to see that the 20th century is going to be a bloodbath. Um, there's a lot of people who who don't follow Nietzsche, who who sort of ascribe to some of the same starting foundational views of of, hu of humanity, but don't go there. And that's a good thing. We 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 want people to have the right answer, even if they get there from the wrong way. As Christians, we see the value of others being reflected in a natural law and coming out of the covenant that God makes with Noah in Genesis chapter nine. Have a good day.